Red on Red. This week on the podcast, we're joined by Paranoid Beast and Monolith Festival co-promoter Mark Morrissey.
Soothsayer with Of Locust and Moths and Apanim with Berserker, the latter taken from their Live at the Paranoid Pit EP available on their Bandcamp. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast dropping every Wednesday evening via Cork's Red FM and redextra.ie. We're also available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify and other podcasting apps. My name is Mike McGrath-Ryan and this week we're joined in Studio 4 of Red FM out in Bishopstown by Paranoid Beast Man, Monolith Festival co-promoter and general man about town for the metal scene in Cork City, Mark Morrissey. Mark, how's it going, boy? Good, boy. How are you? Thanks for playing all now. Thanks a million for coming along. It's the latest in a very busy couple of weeks for you as a promoter, as everything else. Non-stop. Non-stop for the whole year, actually, Mike. Tell us how you've been feeling, uh, kind of coming off the back of the success of the Monolith all day in Cypress Avenue and coming up to a big gig at the end of this month at Fred Zeppelin's. Uh, well, it was fantastic. I mean, you know, we were working towards it, myself and Kyle, for the last uh, two years nearly at this stage, I suppose. And, yeah. uh, do you know, like all the gigs we were doing, we were getting, you know, a few more people in, a few more people in. But for the big one, we were delighted to finally get a, a good crowd with, a, with you know, a great turnout. And they, they really went for it. Like, it was, mm. it was a fantastic night. Do you know? Rotten Christ were unbelievable. Do you know? You know, the goodwill that you've built coming up to that point mm. has brought you toward... I suppose, stage two of the yes. Paranoid Beast uh, game plan, which we'll get into in a little further detail. But first, let's kind of wind it back to the beginning of the project. Mm. Um, I remember happening across Paranoid in the Facebook gig listings while trawling them for the Nile or Nine Cork gig guide. And yeah, not, yeah, yeah. while not necessarily the most metal-friendly platform, I've always made a point of including metal stuff yeah, you um, have, yeah, yeah. throughout the gig guide. And... Just as a fan of sludgy tones and do metal myself, I was intrigued at the idea. Uh, it's just that Friday nights, I believe it was Fridays or Saturday nights, we were running it. Sa- Saturday nights in the Paranoid was when they started the Paranoid, the Paranoid nights. They yeah. weren't the Paranoid pit, then it was Paranoid night. Yeah. I was I was hard pressed to get to them, but I never had the chance with work. So yeah. you know, it was one of those things that kind of kicked myself for missing continuously. But I suppose bring us into your thought process and your idea for taking not just a metal night which has been mm-hmm. done and tried over god knows how many times over the decades in cork city but more specifically a doom and sludge night yeah well like i i got into uh, stone or doom and and uh, and sludge and stuff about probably 12 13 years ago mm. and um at the time it, it was it was kind of small scene around the world really like there wasn't that many bands at the time and um I started a paranoid. It was called Paranoid Stone a Rock Fan Group on on Facebook, just to you know get people to load up stuff uh, from around the world, and it kind of it took off, and it just it, it's still going. Like I don't have to do anything with it at all. People just keep posting up gigs or their new albums and all that kind of mm. stuff. So even back then, I was trying to do a paranoid night in town, yeah, and uh, had went to a few people over the years, and, and just never, you know. It, Never got the chance to do it. It just so happened it came up in the correlation last year that they were looking for something. I was DJing for the Crane Lane, so I put that to them, and uh, they said, uh, "Yeah, give it a go, give it a go." So, how'd you find DJing at the Crane actually with with your own taste in music? I love it, love it. I'm DJing the Crane about four years. It's a um, I DJ in the Crystal Room inside there, so I, I love being able to mix up every type of music. You know, you go across a, a broad range of people from eighteen to sixty, like. So I'm I'm a big music fan. It's not just about metal; like it's all yeah. all types of music. You know. Is it interesting to kind of juggle then between the different demographics that you deal with as a music professional? Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. Like you, you can go on any kind of journey in the Crane Lane, really. Do you know what I mean? 
You can go through hip hop, you know, ska, punk. They're big on ska in recent years. Yeah, well, I love the ska. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've been involved in DJ and ska for years as well. Like, you know, even from a young fella, God, I went to see Madness when I was twelve years of age. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah but yeah, look, I, I like all kinds of music. If it's good, it's good. Do you know what I mean? After the first instalment, then it becomes clear that there is very definitely room for a sludge stoner and doom night in Cork City. Maybe talk to us a little bit about how those earliest events continued and evolved. Well, 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 the first night that we had down there, we had 10 ton slug playing. And um, Partland, I think, uh, were, were the support from. And, uh, you know, because it was the first night, we didn't really get a great crowd. And you know how good a band 10 ton slug are. So I was yeah. kind of going, oh my God, I can't believe people aren't coming out to see 10 ton slug. Because they really are. They're probably one of the top metal bands in the country at the moment, you know. And um, so it was a slow build, like. So, we, you know, we had good nights and bad nights in there. But um, the poor relation really wasn't the venue for what we wanted to do, like, you know. Um, a great venue and a great space in of itself. Great space and all that. But for, I, I don't know what it is. People don't tend to want to go down there. I, it's, it's a f- and it's not that far. Like it's in the centre of town. It's not that far out. But is it that theory of people not wanting to leave the main drag? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it's come up a lot over the years with venues that are kind of in and out. And like the poor is doing like great things for other genres. I mean, mm-hmm. like cutting heads were there for ages and ages, and they were able yeah. to fill things up after a couple of the paranoid nights and just having a lot of success with the online element of it. Uh, you get talking with Con Doyle, mm-hmm. who was then, up to then, in charge of the Subtle Beast promotion house That's right. and label. And he'd already kind of put out a lot of feelers regarding putting stuff out on CD um, in the local, did, including yeah. a couple yeah. of standees in local independent shops, as well as having run gigs consistently um, for himself and for other artists. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe talk to us a little bit about how your initial conversations came together on joining forces and kind of how things were to work out. Yeah, I, well... We both kind of we we both kind of spotted we were doing very similar things. Um, we were even booking similar bands. Like that's the thing about myself and Khan. We have a lot of similar, you know, ideas and and and. So he got on to me actually, and um, he we, we said we'd meet up and we met up there one day and we just sat down for a good few hours like, and we had a great conversation. I didn't know Khan before that. He didn't know me before that either, but, you know, we kind of clicked straight away, and we both wanted to do the same thing. That's mad. So, yeah, we just said, look, will we come come together? And then we had a little conversation about, if we come together, what are we going to call it? Yeah. And, you know, like, doing the Paranoid Night, he's Subtle Beast, Paranoid Beast, and, uh, you know, it's a good name. And I, a good old uh, portmanteau yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that was the start of it anyway. And... Um, from then like we can continued kind of doing like we we like to do our own things as well at the same time do you know what yeah. i mean like, you can see that within yeah, the organization yeah yeah it's kind of like you know like i i do my thing can does his thing and then we come together when whenever we're needed do you know what i mean yeah. so it, yeah it works very well and it builds the name every single time so you know it's good for us like we we've done pretty well over the last year building the name around the country and people know who we are now you know and that's the truth of it i mean having that Flexibility, having that ability to kind mm. of go in different directions because there's different people involved. Yes. Uh, allows you to do the best you can by Irish bands by putting on showcases. Absolutely, and yeah. Again, we'll, we'll get into the paranoid pit a little bit later on, but also allowing for Con to pursue the bigger gigs that he's been, mm-hmm. that he's been spearheading, like the Bellwitch gig uh, yes, at yeah. Cypress Avenue. Yeah. Maybe talk to us a little bit about how that dichotomy kind of creates 
you know, an interesting identity for Paranoid Beast, something that can be, you know, one head or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, I think my main thing really all along was um, to build the Irish scene. I have a big big interest in that because I think the Irish scene we have at the moment is the strongest I've ever seen in my whole time and I'm into music a long time mm. and like there's about 60 metal bands in the country at the moment that's a conservative ev- estimate and that's a conservative estimate and, and every one of them is doing their own original music and very different from each other as well you know you couldn't put them all into one one genre or whatever mm. and um so, like, yeah, Khan, Khan as well is interested in that, but he he's also wants to, you know, to get the bigger names to come over. And, of course, that's, it, it, it's the same in all, all forms of music. You, you get bigger names over, they invite you over to their place. Mm. That's the kind of idea about it, like, you know. Um, There's no denying the rub, though, for Irish bands that get to support these, these bigger acts. Absolutely, and, and these bigger acts get to see these Irish bands and go, oh my God, you know what I mean? You're, like, you're after hearing a, a lot of feedback from those bands going, God almighty, they were fantastic support yeah. acts, or, do you know what I mean? Whereas, you know, the, the Irish bands wouldn't get that chance normally. So, yeah, it is very good to, to have both heads, like, you know. Mm. Um, the Irish scene itself... I think it's just getting better and better, but I'd like people to actually come out and support the Irish scene. I, I hate this thing just because a band is from England or somewhere else that they're more important than the Irish bands because they're not like in in reality. But come that's out and support your own. You know? But yeah, but like why? Why is it? I like don't that, know. Do I can't answer. You. Like I've been in your shoes. I yeah. ran metal gigs for years. But just in terms of the other great struggle of operating at that level, and that is. You know, you come into it like any creative does mm-hmm. and you see what's there and you equate it with what you want to see and yeah. what you want there to be. And you can see the steps in your mind. Well, if X venue let us to run X gigs and bring an X band over, it would bring the casuals out of the woodwork and then we bring an X band from Ireland and then when they headline in the smaller show, they'll fill the rafters. And for one reason or another, whether that's, you know, economic recession whether that's mm-hmm. you know cultural changes the post-genre fan base um, you know it's it's maybe a harder stint than is envisioned uh, in my own case it was timing we ran these right in the dead of recession and you know yeah. there's no there's no there's no denying the inevitable in that respect but mm-hmm. you seem to be now at a point where Irish metal is growing exponentially Cork you know has always had like a bottom line of venues mm-hmm. that have always been supportive etc kind of talk to us a little bit about that conversation that yourself and Con had regarding your vision I suppose for what Cork Metal can be and what role Paranoid Beast has to play well well, I mean like that, that, that was the whole point of it in the first place was, was to create the space for, for metal in Ireland and, and Cork Metal as well in particular like um, so, like, if you don't put on the gigs, yeah. <laughs> they'd have no, no, no place to play, you know what I mean? So, I mean, we were lucky in the sense that Fred Zeppelin's decided to take on the Paranoid Pit gigs mm. um, because they're very supportive of us, do you know what I mean? And, and we're delighted that, that he's supportive of, of it as well. Um, I, think, I think going forward, really... We do want to put on a few more of the bigger ones in, in, in Cypress Avenue and stuff like that. Especially now that it's been it's, expanded. Exactly. It's a, it's a beautiful venue and the sound mm. and everything and the lighting and the whole lot. It's, it's a really professional setup. And they do have a smaller venue in there now as well in 80. Winthrop Avenue downstairs. Winthrop Avenue, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, so we could be looking at doing maybe a few things in there in the future as well. And probably 
using the whole thing maybe yeah. in a festival next year or something you know? well now Monolith uh, 2020 I hear is, is, is yeah. underway so oh absolutely and it's going hopefully it'll grow next year um, do you know we could do it another couple of hundred in there another two or three hundred anyway open up another couple of rooms and, and, yeah. and, and see what happens we'll talk about the festivals yeah. uh, a little bit later on as well but just before we go to some more tunes maybe talk to us a little bit about the kind of broad conceptual stroke like you sit down and again you do have a vision you do want to kind of bring more things in ultimately what do you want to see happen for Cork Metal regarding just even entering the city's cultural mainstream absolutely um, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah like I like I, I want I want to see a consistent um, crowd coming out to watch the, the, the Irish bands like and, and supporting it do you mm. know you'd see it in other other areas like in do you know probably more popular areas even you, you'd see with the marquee and stuff like that like yeah. look how many Irish bands they put on down here and they fill the bloody things like do you know what I mean like we, we have a huge metal following in Ireland it's just actually getting the guys out because if you, you see any of the big festivals just you know hundreds yeah. of thousands will turn up like do you know we just want to get them out into the locality and, and to, because I, I still feel a lot of these guys don't even know that this thing is going on do you know what I mean? How much of that, though, is down to, I suppose, lads taking metal as an escapist form of entertainment the same way that mm. they would like a video game or, you know, a film? It's something to which the heaviness and the energy mm-hmm. appeals to them, but they don't equate it for one reason or another with something that's at their backyard that they can make a real-life impact on. I don't know about that. I mean, for me, like, I was always into going to live gigs, you know, and I, th- I think there's nothing better than a live metal gig for power and, yeah. for, and, and for a release and for you know but this is the question that I have and the conversation that I ha- I've had with a couple of people you know 10-12 years ago when different people were trying to run different shows mm-hmm. it was in the middle of cultural change for the city where the recession led to a lot of pre-drinking so people were missing gig time between 9 and 12 because they were still at house parties and okay, yeah. you know you're looking at this is when supermarkets start selling below cost cans but you also have um Netflix becomes a thing mm-hmm. in the middle of the recession. Xbox Live and PlayStation Network become big things for the nerd, the, mm-hmm. the nerd community mm-hmm. in particular. And there's a big Venn diagram between all of these different interests yeah. and what have you. And all of a sudden, you know, you go from a position where cork metal is no longer just in the contention for the music book. Mm-hmm. It's in contention for the general entertainment book because people are spending less. Mm-hmm. So I think that might be a cultural hangover of the recession. Not only the recession, but of changes in consumption and, and, and how media is taken. Like Metal is absolutely not escapist entertainment. It's a very real oh, very thing. Real. But just by the fact that it because so much of the imagery is so strong and so much certain bands that you would get into as a kid have the theatricality of it down that it's yeah. only ever just it stops in their minds of just being theatricality and maybe the odd big gig out if somebody comes to the marquee or Metallica go to Marley yeah, Park yeah, yeah. yeah I suppose you could be right there like maybe a lot of that was going on casuals um, like we're, we're just kind of looking at like getting like trying to get people to, to see that the Irish scene is as good as anywhere else in the world. Mm. And, and it is. And it is. And it really is. Like, you know, and you, you can see with, from all the recordings that are coming out there, like every band have an album coming out. There's loads of albums coming out in the next year or so, like, yeah. you know. And, uh, like, if they could just come out and experience, you know, the true live metal experience in your local. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And it's you, right in your backyard. It always has been. Do you know, it's only, like what we're doing with the Paranoia Pit, it's only once a month. Yeah. 
do you know, try and make the effort to come out once a month. And that goes out as well to all the, you know, the musicians on the scene from the other bands and stuff. I'd like to see more of them coming out and making the effort to support the other bands that are in the scene, do you know what I mean? You see it a lot in, like, Psychedelia and that mm. whole oeuvre in Cork where everybody comes out to support each Absolutely. other's shows. But, but if you if you look at this, like, look at any scene worldwide that's ever been from the Beatles and the Stones back in the day through grunge and everything, yeah. all these bands were at all the concerts. Mm. Of course they were. They were there to support it. They were there to learn themselves and see, all right, I want to be better than him. Now the next time, what am I going to do? This is the kind of thing that's gone on. And we need that back in Cork, like, you know. I, I, I think what's good about the scene at the moment, though, is it, it goes across all ages. Do you know what I mean? It does now. It, yeah, it goes from, like, you know, the, the young lads like God alone all the way up to the older lads like Zealot Cult and stuff like that, like, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and, and the fan base as well that we have is starting to go that way as well. So you've seen younger people with the all. I don't think you've seen that before. Do I've you seen know that what I mean? the most recent times yeah. that I've been there. And yeah. that's been the one thing compared to maybe five years ago when I was running stuff there. Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah, yeah. you have kids coming back in for the first time in a while. Yeah, yeah. But uh, well, hopefully, you know, like going into the, the winter and stuff, you know, you'll have students coming to the city and maybe, you know, they might be into metal and we might be able to drag a few of them in once a month, you know this what I mean? It. It's getting into the colleges, that's another discussion yes, and yeah, uh, another yeah. another war to be fought. But when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about some of those gigs, the Paranoid yeah. Pit series that you're running monthly at Fred's. But first, we're going to go to some more tunes. You picked a playlist for us this week that includes recordings from the Paranoid Pit, uh, various line recordings made by Tomás O'Brien of Carosa, who's Absolutely. been working with the sound engineers to Absolute capture star. all the gigs I'm telling you and a former uh, interview subject of ours actually you can go yeah. back and listen to our interviews with well, Tomás Tomás, Tomás has been brilliant in fairness you know I mean like, that's that's the, another thing that we've done you know this year after moving into Fred's we, we got a good team yeah. around all doing their that's separate so little important. things you know and it's it's all just to you know, to build up the scene, mm. like, and, um, you know, there's no money involved, there's no nothing, it's all just, just for the love of music, like. This is it, but that's, that's the only thing that matters ultimately at Absolutely, the end absolutely, yeah. Uh, you can hear our interview with Tomás on our previous episodes of Red on Red, available now at redextra.ie and redfm.ie. Coming up, we have uh, Gallic, a relatively new black metal project coming out of town with Nail to the Cross, a uh, demo of theirs. Yeah, yeah, that's Jack and Dave and uh, George. Um, oh, the three other bands like you've um, Appenum, Carosa, and Ever Deadwood, and so this is their uh, black metal um, offshoot. But um, we I don't we don't have many black metal bands in Cork. In fact, they might be the only black metal band in Cork. It's it, been moment. a while, I think. I mean, like God alone, were very much black metal at the outset, but that's turned into something else now. Yeah, decidedly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, For ruin, I think would have been like a, a black metal band of yeah, like yeah. I don't Substance think. And, and you know what? I know. I know the lads are big black metal fans, and like f- me myself, I'm, I'm only kind of starting to listen to it recently, and it's quite interesting. All right, it's different, like. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what what they're up to. I think they have a gig coming up in the next week or two with Sacrilegia inside and Fred's. So that I think that's their debut yeah. gig. We have them all right in November. But uh, yeah, so yeah, that, that's from their de- their new demo they just put out there a few weeks ago. Check out Fred Zeppelin's on social media for more info on their upcoming yeah. gig. And we are going to go to the Paranoid Pit. We already heard from Appenim a recording from their gig a couple of months ago. Uh, but coming up, we have Zora with Ruthless Bastards. Yeah, Ruthless Bastards live, live at the Paranoid Pit. Um, another fantastic track that Tomas recorded. Um, yeah, they, they played the night. They was, it was Carosa played with them, actually, in support. And it was a great gig. 
absolutely brilliant gig. Zora, Zora Manilet were absolutely out of this world. I, I couldn't say enough about them. They were one of the bands of the day, and they were the last band on that night. Yeah. So they had to hang around all day. They were absolutely fantastic, and you know they're they're, they're a highly professional act, yeah. and I can see them going going places as well in the next year or two. Like they've been places, weren't they playing Wacken at one point? Yeah, they've they've played a load of festivals, and they're doing a lot of touring in England next year and Scotland as well. They're doing a kind of an exchange exchange thing with uh, a few Scottish bands. Uh, Iron Altar and stuff like that and um, so that's something as well we're going to look into maybe trying to get onto the Scottish bands because and do we start swapping with their scene because yeah. we both basically have the same thing going on yeah. there's a few of these scenes going on in England as well like you, you had the Doom documentary there that came out last year from um, that Sheffield uh, what were they called Holy Spider Promotions mm. um, very similar to what we're doing so it's just trying to get in touch with these and maybe we'll start doing it like an exchange student type yeah. of situation. That's what you want, kind yeah. of opening up those connections. We'll head straight into it. This is Gallic with Nail to the Cross here on Red on Red. <laughs>
Recorded live at the Paranoid Pit at Fred Zeppelin's. Live metal happening every month at Fred Zeppelin's. Be sure to check out the Paranoid Beast and Fred Zeppelin's on social media for more information on upcoming gigs. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast. Still chatting with Paranoid Beastman Mark Morrissey about metal in Cork and all of that promotion house's doings. Before the jump, we were talking a little bit about the Paranoid Pit and how that coming together was your kind of bread and butter in terms of building the scene and building a bottom mm-hmm. line for the scene. But talk to us a little bit about how the idea specifically came together, that a monthly shoulder programme that would feature Irish bands mm-hmm. and that would be the thing that you would build and rotate your annual showcases and bigger gigs around. Yeah. Well, with the Paranoid Pit... Um, uh Paranoid had kind of finished up in in the poor relation. We we did a I think we did about six or seven months of it, and um, I don't know what's going on with the, the the bar and the poor relation. Uh, this year I think there's a hotel being built next to it, so they they basically didn't want to uh. continue with the metal for the time being. Um, so we ended up getting Fred Zeppelin's, which is the only metal bar in, in Cork City for the last 20 years really so mm. it was a perfect fit for us and um, like I, I, even with when we were doing the Paranoid stuff I had the idea to film it and record it but um, I found out that it was pretty difficult to do that you know with a Nikon camera or you know this and getting the sound out of it it just wasn't right so um, I actually over the Christmas uh, when we were actually taking a break I went in to see God Alone God alone, we're playing inside in Dali with um, with Baylor, and um, I met Tomas, Tomas O'Brien inside there, and we were having a chat, and I, I was telling him about uh, the idea of uh, recording the gigs, and um, so he said, "Look, you know, I'd be interested in in, in doing something there." Tomas is a star, in fairness. Yeah, in fairness, you know, straight away he was he was in there, and um, so we had a meeting. We had a meeting. We all met up in um, the Crane Lane one day all the different aspects, the guy that was going to film the soft pile. Um, so we'll, we'll talk to more, more about him in, at another stage. And uh, Tomas, and yeah, we just started getting the equipment together, basically. When we went into Fred Zeppelin's, everything fit, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even I wanted to do the projections on the wall because I liked the old visual aspect of the things as well. And even the projector distance from the wall was perfect. It was it was, it was made for us, really, do you know? And um, like the sound is absolutely fantastic in there as well. So, yeah, so, yeah, we, we I just went about booking. I had it booked for the whole year. I actually have it booked for the next two years now because... Tom wanted me to um, continue it's a it. Long term. So it's a long term residency there, basically, and you know he's very um, he's very supportive of what we're doing, you know. Yeah. Um, which is that's just all we we could ask for, really, you know. So I, I've I've all the the nights booked out for the next year, and I'll start then again in, at Christmas to to book next year, you know. The idea really is to is to focus on you know probably a band from Dublin, Belfast, or some somewhere outside Cork as the main act, and and then a few support acts down in Cork. And then, you know, other teams have, have headliner car bands as well, you know. But how do you kind of take the decision to block book a certain night over the course of 12 months, etc.? And kind of what's your arc in terms of I, 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 I didn't really. Like, all, all I knew that I wanted was a Saturday night. And I just said to them, I said, look, uh, what about the last Saturday of every month? So that that's kind of... 
you know, we, we change it a few times when, when there's other things booked for that time or yeah. if there was a festival on or something like that. So, yeah, it's usually the last Saturday of the month, you know, it's just um, just the way it panned out, like, you know. Fred's, as you mentioned, is a very important venue to Metal in Cork City. It is, in most cases, the lifeblood of different promoters and, is, different, yeah. and, and different operations happening in town. Maybe talk to us a little bit, I suppose, for those that aren't familiar with the venue, with its importance to the infrastructure of Cork Metal, mm-hmm. and I suppose from the aspect also of directing multimedia content inside and there, uh, yeah, maybe yeah, some yeah, of the yeah, audiovisual yeah. properties of the room. Yeah. Um, well, like it, as I said already, it is the, the you know the, the the metal bar of Cork City. It has been for many years, and he's always been supportive of live music in there. Like whether it's punk scenes or even ska or metal or whatever like he's he's obviously a metaler like he has been for a long time like you know and uh like for me it's the absolute perfect venue for what i'm doing or for what i want because like it's right in your face do you know what i mean the people are right there like even for the bands i'd say it must be a pretty pretty decent stage to to play because you know you're in it you know it surrounds you like the sound in there is, like, Pavel is doing an absolutely fantastic job of the sound. For us, the visual aspect of it as well, it all, it all fit, you know? Mm. We, like, we do the, you know, the psychedelic visuals on the back walls and stuff. We turn down the lights and I do photography as well in there and I'm kind of learning as I'm going there as well. Um, another avenue that I want to go down, you know? And um, Fred's has been perfect for it, absolutely. It was kind of difficult, all right, to light it up a bit for the... For the f- f- photography and stuff, because um, you know it, it's very dark, like it's yeah. very dark. But then, other t- you need it to be dark as well. So there's a kind of fine balance that you know, we're trying to find. You know, yeah. um, actually, as an aside, uh, this is a conversation I have with a couple of different people mm-hmm. um, regarding, I suppose, just picking up a new skill at a certain time in their lives. Yeah, um, a couple of people I'm talking about are trying to pick up different new things, and the idea of something new past a certain point can be a little bit daunting. Mm-hmm. Kind of, how have you found attempting to adjust to kind of band photography and all of this coming um, from zero? I suppose. Yeah, from zero. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I bought that camera originally to film the Paranoid gigs. That's that's why I bought the camera, ah. and. Um, I, I filmed the first couple of them actually um, 10 ton slug was one part line and um, I decided jeez I'm not using this for recording anymore why don't I just start doing you know taking pictures of the bands and yeah since I started doing it I, I'm kind of after I'm getting a bit of a passion for it do you yeah. know what I mean I, I actually love it and and I like looking at different angles. I, I like to, you know, I, I like going home and being able to see, oh, God, what, what can I do with this now, do you know? Um, not it's not that hard, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? It's um, But it is another form of storytelling. Like, the technical it aspect is. isn't that hard. It's the eye. Like, I'm, I'm an artistic person anyway. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, I've all, all, always been into painting and, you know, and any any artistic kind of the music, DJing, do you know? Yeah. Um, Photography is just the next step, and but this is something that I'm kind of taking to really. I think I might try and push it forward a bit. You know what I mean? Try and do maybe other festivals. Try and get in there and see how we get on. You know? That's the best part about something like this. That it allows people to mm. explore and give people a way into different aspects of it's a, it. It's also great for us because I, I can do it all online, and I, I can actually you know post up the pictures. People can see the pictures and go, God, that looks great. You know what I mean? It does. And uh, you know, it looks fairly. 
professional as well. So, yeah, I, I think the online thing, you know, it's a big thing. You have to, you have to visual. You have to, you have yeah. to show people what this looks like. Do you know? Well, that actually leads on to my next question beautifully. Naturally, recording all the gigs in audio and video format for distribution, uh, having the paranoid Facebook group and bringing mm-hmm. people along with you. Um, you know, it's another layer of what the paranoid beast is in for. But I suppose for those listening that aren't really familiar with the promotion of a show or Mm -hmm. I suppose the building of something like the Paranoid Beast, maybe talk to us a little bit about the importance of a multimedia presence for a genre like metal in Cork City and just really the art of bringing people with you. Yeah, it's a, uh, like, I mean, in this day and age, you have to, you have to be on social media, like, there's, you know, there's no other way of doing it. I was doing... Well, there's being on social media and then there's presenting content to yeah. social media people specifically. Well, I, I've kind of been used to that because I've had, you know, over the years since Facebook started, I've had different pages, um, you know, like, as I said, I did the Paranoid Stone Rock fan group way back and you know that's still going yeah. even though it's other people loading up content but originally it was me loading up the content like um, the original Desert Fests um, uh, uh, website and Facebook page I was loading up content on that as well that was before they even had the concerts yeah. sorted so I was kind of involved at the start of that as well so I, do you know I was kind of getting used to to that kind of stuff anyway I kind of left it slide for a few years the Paranoid thing the Paranoid Stone Rock group just kind of did its own thing yeah. and a few lads from America took it on which is which was great and still going anyway but um, yeah it's when, when I came back to this then I already had experience in pages you know and stuff like that yeah. um, it, it is quite difficult to get followers that's, that, that's, that, that's the thing for the pages you know like uh, groups are where it's all gone pages etc they're strangling your reach they're strangling yeah. how you can get to you, you see you we have the couple of pages people. we have the Paranoid Beast promotions page which is just the promotions page yeah. and, and the Paranoid Beast then is the kind of social and and the, the community page I call it like yeah. you know what I mean and that's where I the whole thing with that really is to be loading up Irish content all the time from the bands putting it out just what's happening new albums uh, new tours you know and then other stuff that's going on around the world of interest as well and all sorts of things really it's 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 kind of cool like. and in terms of videos then I know that you're getting ready to release some videos that have been kind of in, yeah. the, in the vaults for a while that's, that's the idea anyway presenting those forward talk to us a little bit I suppose about the process that you had in putting those together you know, syncing up audio, presenting Freds in mm-hmm. a certain fashion, and how you intend to kind of go about um, getting the video. Through. Well, uh, the idea behind it really was to to show people what's actually going on by by putting it online. You said it there earlier. You know, there might be people sitting at home there and you know playing a video game or something, and then they can just click on their computer and they'll see. God, this is happening down the road. Or, yeah. uh, we wanted to create um, a media presence for the Irish scene mm-hmm. you know that people from abroad can look in and go God what's what's happening over in Ireland there you know Live at the Paranoid Pit is going to be kind of a YouTube channel that we're you know a lot like kind of um, let's say the St. Vitus Bar do in, in, in America you yeah. know where they just constantly put put up the, the bands that they, they put on there but we're doing it in an Irish in context, Irish context yeah. you know what I mean not 
foreign bands or whatever. And that's a handy excuse to mention that uh, on the Red on Red podcast, we'll be periodically going forward featuring full sets and live audio from Cork metal bands that will be performing uh, at different gigs. Fantastic. We'd be delighted with that anyway, do you know? We'd be delighted to have you because, I mean, like, I know that as Red on Red podcast goes, we're very open to what's happening on a DIY basis in Cork, whether it is what's happening with math rock, what's happening with hip-hop, yeah. what's happening with psychedelia mm-hmm. and folk. And metal in particular is something that I've been conscious of presenting on an equal yeah. footing with everything else here because it... It deserves know, to be, you know. It does I mean, deserve it, to be. Know, it's not always taken seriously. No, no. And like, I mean... Like a lot of the bands in the metal scene, the, the, the musicianship is just unbelievable. It, it's after going through the roof there in the last, you know, five, six years, like. Yeah. And uh, it deserves to be seen, deserves to be heard, and that, that's why we're kind of doing both. We're going to throw out the video, and we're going to throw out the recordings. And, like, who knows, we might kind of end up, you know, putting out maybe a few CDs of the recordings, if they're good enough and all that kind of stuff, you know. You can always put so, together compilations, a lot of kind well, of... Well, that's, that's, in, that's in the pipeline, all right, yeah. Mm. Possibly... A vinyl oh. compilation. Oof. I know, I know. But it, it's those are ambitions. We 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 have backers. Let's say class. Yeah, so that's what you want. So we're very happy and proud to have live gigs coming out through the Red on Red podcast, and you know, not just allowing a listen to what's happening in Cork City and to what bands are at, but allowing a long form listen and allowing for people because, like, yeah, people have jobs now that will take them into offices or in different ways, and audio is a big part of their day from Absolutely, one end of a yeah. shift to another. And allowing, like, that was the idea with, with the Red on Red podcast in the first place was to sit down and have these interviews with yourself mm-hmm. and to allow for kind of curated playlists to give people different insights into Oh, I, how I, I love podcasts. Work. I listen to podcasts all the time. It's great, you know what I mean? So we're really happy to kind of take it in that direction where we'll get recording some different gigs around the city in kind of the tiny desk kind of situation yes, the NPR tiny yes, desk gigs yes, yes, yes. so looking forward to kind of having that aspect of it yeah, kind of raw like raw but yeah. kind of you know but that's it man yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's 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 what we're about specifically on the Red and Red podcast and speaking of raw we're going to go back to some more tunes oh great stuff we have a bit of a world premiere actually coming from Carosa's new album Chalice Burner which will be available via Paranoid Beast Records August 31st launch gig happening at Fred Zeppelin's Carosa supporting Belfast Doomers Elder Druid this is Carosa with Iron from the Sky. Moss, talk to us a little bit about your feelings on the record and you know, kind of working with Carosa a little bit. I absolutely love the record. I've 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 listened to us. I can. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say I've listened to it at least twenty times so far. Like, and uh, we just picked up the the CD yesterday, and I was finally able to just stick it onto my sound system at home and it just didn't disappoint at all it's an absolute monster of a record and uh, I'm delighted for them because do you know they took their time with it do you know people were kind of pushing them probably here and there bringing you know when are you bringing something out bringing something out and they they took their time and they did it right and I I hope it goes really well for them do you know Um, like Carosa were actually one of the first bands that I I came across when I was looking to do the Paranoid Nights Uh, I think they were in the second Paranoid Paranoid Night they were too yeah they were on the second one and we've put them on so many times since I'm a big fan of theirs um, that's the style of music that I really like the Stoner Doom side and I, t- I just think they did a cracking record um, they, they, they kind of show their influences through the album which is great but they do it in their own unique style and uh, yeah I'm really looking forward to the 31st they're going to do Chalice Burner in its entirety and we're going to record that as well, so... Sound. We're going to get a chance to do that as well, so... Um, yeah, yeah, so, you know, come along on August 31st for the, the lunch night. We have guest headliners on the night, uh, Elder Druid, another fantastic Stone or Doom band. 
and uh, the last Vinci is going to be playing support and we haven't had him in since last year um, Italo Cork Rock duo yeah I, I, look the guy is a riff monster like he's really really good so I, I'm actually looking forward to hearing what he's going to bring that night as well because I'm sure it'll be something special you know speaking so. of something special and unique sounds you have uh, Parthalon with a track that has been nominally titled Wild and Simple by uh, recording engineers yes um, that, was, that was from their their uh, gig they played there recently with us as well over the Paranoid Pit and uh, yeah it hasn't been recorded yet so we're, this, this is, is another exclusive. world premiere actually yeah I think we've a lot of them here actually we've a lot it? of them on the list <laughs> we'll get straight into it so this is Corosa with Iron from the Sky taken from new album Chalice Burner here on Red on Red
Parthalon with Wild and Simple, recorded live at the Paranoid Pit at Fred Zeppelin's, here on the Red on Red podcast, still joined in studio by the Paranoid Pit's Mark Morrissey. And before the jump, we were talking a little bit about Paranoid Pit and its importance as a monthly gig for you to promote and to outline the best of metal happening in Cork City and further beyond, but also as a means for you to generate content and a media presence for the genre mm-hmm. in Cork City Centre. Another aspect then of your operation has been, as we've been talking about, the Paranoid Beast record label. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were talking a little bit about how one has kind of fed into the other already with the release of the Corosa album. But I suppose in terms of what a record label means mm-hmm. in 2019, in terms of the business model, in terms of everything else, maybe talk to us a little bit about setting up a label, what the idea is going forward, digital distribution as well as physical yeah. distribution, your feeling on streaming... Uh, maintaining those relationships with independent shops as Subtle Beast had built up beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit about that. Well, I, I think, look, I suppose you could call us more kind of distributors than, than, than actually a record label because that's the kind of... What, we, what we'd like to do is to put out CDs of our favourite Irish bands. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? We'd like them to come. We, we'd like them to want to be put out by... Paranoid Beast Records, yeah. you know. But in, in terms of like a label applies to the people that are handling the manufacturer, the press, and all of that as well. And you've yeah. taken a bit of that now for Corosa. Yeah, well, uh, absolutely. And we we we, we kind of do the you know the the pushing of it, the plugging of it as well. That that'll yeah. be a lot of it as well. Of what we're going to do online. I'm trying to get people to do reviews and 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 possibly you know going on mini tours as well, which is probably in the pipeline as well in the future. You know. Um, yeah, like I well, originally my idea was to to do a vinyl, do vinyl releases. Um, but when we're looking at the costs of it, really, it's you know it's it's quite pricey to put out vinyl. But again, like putting out a band like Carosa on vinyl, then is it is you know obviously a double album <laughs> because it's such a long record. You need two records. To to, to do it so it's a big cost so we'll, we'll just see how it goes although I would love to see that album out in vinyl I think it deserves to be out in vinyl um, a lot of Irish metal yes, deserves to be on wax it does you know and uh, do you know what's annoying really for me is that you know like Irish bands are always looking to England England like if there's a label in England why, why can't we just do our own thing here like there has historically been a label following alright there has been the presence of like things like Sentinel mm-hmm. things like Invictus etc yes. but there hasn't necessarily been a place that would go to bat for Irish musicians to press them directly onto vinyl for, you know, cost reasons or whatever no, else. Cost reasons. But that, that, that's something that I think should be looked into as a, like, um, you cover the cost among the whole Addy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not just all on the label. It's also on the bands. If you want vinyl out, that you come together and you put money together and we'll all put the vinyl out and we'll all make it back from that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of a, like a... You know, a percentage thing. Yeah. Do you know, it just CDs makes it easier. It just makes it easier for for everyone in the long run, and no one's going to take a big hit from it. Yeah. Do you know? In terms then of like promoting a metal label, because you know naturally bands will look at England for labels. But mm-hmm. when you talk to me about metal labels, all I can think of are the pages and pages and pages in metal magazines of German labels and French labels yeah, and Swiss labels, labels yeah. buying them and they have two or three new releases every month. What are the options that are available to a startup to regularly promote stuff outside of direct promotion with social media? Yeah. In terms of say, it's not like there's a there's a molten magazine in Belfast anymore mm-hmm. or... Mm-hmm. A, 
or if there ever was a metal magazine running out of Dublin to get a half page out of or I a full page things like of. this really you know what I mean a lot of like, like there is a lot of podcasts and stuff and, and met, metal, metal podcasts and, 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 you know just the metal sellers one and you Shout have out, the, the cranium titanium as well up in Dublin or in Galway sorry well that's not strictly a podcast that's been rolling on radio in Galway for a couple of years now oh is that not a podcast it's that, actually that, that's it's, on student it's, radio it's, oh, it's a podcast but it's also out in student radio yeah 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 well yeah brilliant like all these kind of guys are very helpful to us like you know and I think with us for Carosa to be the first release we're hoping that other bands will kind of go hey, lads we'd like to do something like that do you know what I mean or, and and eventually like my, my model that I'm looking at really is I don't know if you know it um, Man's Room Records in, in, in America like they were the first ones to put out bands like High on Fire and yeah. do you know even they, and they've got bands from all over the world like Orange Goblin all at that time the Stone are kind of out there underground stuff you know and like uh, Frank Kozic was the guy that, that ran that label and he was an artist and he used to do all the album cover arts for them that was the original plan to bring out 10 inch vinyls and stuff like that yeah. And but funnily enough you can't get people to print out you know um different art than, than the normal LPs yeah. so, you know, it's quite strange you, you'd think someone would be able to print out a cover and fold it in half and there you go happy days do you know what I mean but you can't in Ireland well I'm not after finding anyone yet anyway to do it yeah. so that was the original idea but I, I'm using his kind of things you know to take bands that you you want people to hear you want to put out physical releases of hopefully people will come to us eventually and go look we'd love to be on the label do you know and he grow for tape um, not me personally. No, um, there Looking is there is a big thing at the moment. There is a big thing at the moment. So yeah, maybe maybe bring out a few tapes as well because you know it's not a huge cost to do tapes. Like, um, and there seems to be they're becoming collectible again. They are. Um, and I'm going mad because I threw out all my tape collection <laughs> there many years ago. Uh, and uh, never and, throw out and, and and I had a lot of them. So. Yeah, no, I was tapes, when I think back of tapes, like the first Walkmans we used to have and stuff, you know, they went everywhere with us, like, yeah. you know, but uh, tapes, no, no, not for me, no. How do you feel then about streaming services? Because the grand debate kind of rages about income from streaming services, and in particular mm. labels that would have however many hundred albums or singles or EPs on their, on the, on their books aren't necessarily seeing back, even... F- even from catalogue sales, what they're seeing back now from Spotify. What are your thoughts, I suppose, or how are you going to approach digital in a manner that kind of takes the burden off in terms of the initial investment? Mm. Is it possible to do so outside of Bandcamp and the likes? How do you feel about Spotify and Apple Music? Yeah, I suppose we'll probably have a look at all that coming up. We kind of haven't looked that far yet. We have a Bandcamp page, all right, because we put out the the two metal compilations at the start of the year. Yeah. the, the Birth of the Beast and Evil Eye of Doom so great compilations of Irish metal available for free mm-hmm. kind of the most concise means of getting to grips with the current state of metal in Ireland just for anybody that's that, yeah. that's unfamiliar and we're planning on doing physical releases of them shortly as well like so oh lads so that, that'll be cool as well and um Again, we're going to be looking at going forward, probably doing you know volume three, volume four, as many as we can do. And hopefully, bands will be as uh, friendly as they were the last time in, in giving us tracks to use. You know, I yeah. mean, I like I got in touch with all of them, and none of them had a problem with giving us a, a track for the, the release. You know, I suppose it's good advertising for 
for them and us do you know what I mean so what I miss from the specialty labels during the CD era in particular was just coming up from the countryside and going digging for stuff you would find the sampler CD from the label mm-hmm. and it would have like 40 or 50 songs for cost so Relapse yeah. would do their annual sampler yes, and yes. it'd be a tenor or I was a lot into, I was hugely into punk around the George W. Bush times just mm-hmm, getting into mm-hmm. it and Rock Against Bush was like a tenor or 15 the Punkorama stuff would be 8 euro or so forth some of them are classics too aren't they those yeah. compilations like you know you'd still go back to them and you'd be listening to them oh, yeah. I bet the shit out of Punkorama volume 4 when I was younger Punkorama yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Punkorama I, I still think I have a few Punkoramas actually uh, the Relapse um there was a different name for it each year, but it was essentially your December two-disker with yeah. 50 or so tracks. And then if you were lucky, uh, you know, there'd be the odd CD-enhanced video that would be on them as well. Yes, 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 um, yes, yes. I suppose maybe talk to us a little bit about, you know, would there be a grow for kind of bringing back that annual sampler to kind of absolutely. try and bring absolutely. in casuals? I'd love to do it. Or mean? has that been kind of supplanted by Spotify playlisting in a way? You see, the the, the whole Spotify thing, like, I, I don't know, like, like I've, I've kids, like, and... and like they don't know what it is to listen to an album. Do you know what I mean? I I prefer to listen to something from start to finish the way it's supposed to be made. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot um, of talk about the kind of the front to back experience, but also like even ten, fifteen years ago, friends of mine that weren't as into music as I would, yeah, or we'd I, make I, it to I can't understand that at all. Like just the, the individual yeah, mixtapes. Yeah, I, I get mixtapes. All right, like. but as in like there was always a certain amount of pop consumption mm. of singles as a standalone art form in and of themselves whereas oh, yeah, naturally they'd yeah. be viewed by labels as lost leaders ahead of albums in time they eventually became the thing mm. um, I, su- I suppose really that's just a matter of supplanting uh, attention yeah. spans I, I don't think it's a metal thing though do you know what I mean I don't think metal fans like would go out and did like a new album let's say that Slipknot album new album out that someone is just going to go along and listen to the hit song on Spotify, do you know? Would you? Like I'd say, I wouldn't listen to Slipknot in either way. Well, yeah. look, I'm not a big fan of theirs either, but yeah. I'm just taking a, you yeah. know, using an example. Like, like would a metal fan not listen to the album from start to finish? I reckon they would. Like, do you know what I mean? I mean, Slipknot in particular being big when they were, as they were, and as are continuing to be. Yeah. You know, kind of going past their original, not prime, but their original membership and their original mm. kind of mm. remit, which was originally to create accessible but vaguely uncomfortable thrash crossover metal to what they're doing now where they're just kind of the Leonard Skinner of extreme metal really well that that's, might, might be a good way of uh, putting it alright well it's a gatekeeper <laughs> thing really more so than anything else but um yeah, yeah I, 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 I don't know I, I, like I, I think these the, this, I, I, like I listen to Spotify every now and then do you know what I mean and when I want to check something out but I would always go out and buy the physical uh uh, vinyl, oh, yeah. vinyl. If I if I really want it, it'll be vinyl, yeah. and I'll pick up CDs then at concerts and stuff like that. Oh, like know? without exception, I will do that for stuff that I like, regardless of what genre it is. Yeah, wax first. Yeah, then, yeah exactly. Yeah, then yeah, digital yeah. rather because I find that they get that that artists have more. They take a hundred percent from just uploading their digital files as opposed to like offsetting the cost of producing CDs, which yeah. At a small batch is still a nasty little chunk out of the back the, the, yeah. the, the back wallet. I mean, Bandcamp is brilliant, like you know, mm. brilliant for uh, all bands, like you know, can they can set up their own thing. Um, and that's a really good the, revenue the, the as well. O- the only thing about it is that like they do take a bit of a cut, like you know, and that's uh, still a lot lesser cut than iTunes. Yeah, it's still a big cut, though. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, was it fifteen percent? It's, I can't remember exactly what it was. To it the, is a 85-15. But they take a nice cut for doing nothing, really, only. Do you know what I mean? Well, I imagine I think they could be smaller. It could be smaller. 
I will say that in terms of Bandcamp being smaller than all of this, like the amount of server space that they have to expend in everyone uploading their 90-minute drone album yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah, Flack yeah, 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 I suppose, yeah. Uh, and all of that. And the other thing is like they're giving back to the community in a big way in America where they're starting to... They're, they're doing on-demand pressings of, I've seen that, yeah. of albums yeah, where yeah. like a certain level of pre-orders and they can justify the expense of, That's interesting. of cutting and shipping uh, vinyl... Su- supplying a subscription or allowing bands to start their own subscription services yeah. where you get everything for like a flat fee per annum or per month or whatever. And is that only in America at the moment? I think the subscription service is only in America, only in America but America, as, yeah, as far yeah, as I know, they have plans also to start opening indie shops where, you know, bands that send them stuff directly, that they can press up however many thousand and just kind of distribute them internally. It's like wow. an indie golden discs or an indie... That would be class. HMV. It'd be class if we get it over here. That would be class. With that yeah. being said, support your existing... Uh, independent mm. record shops, your plugged records and your oh, bunker absolutely. vinyls. Is, is, is. You know, some of the best record shops around, like, you know, especially yeah. I love bunker vinyl. Like, I, I just spend hours in there. Like, John is such a nice guy. Ah, he's sound, man. Sound. And, uh, like, he, he's a big music fan as well. He has a huge collection. Like, you can always go into John and find something. Yeah. Do you know what and I mean? And he'll talk to you about it. hand and, you know. Yeah. So I love it. Yeah, yeah it's great. We, very quickly before we kind of head back to some more tunes we got kind of two big conversational beats to be hitting mm-hmm. um, we talked a little bit about the Monolith Festival and Balor the Ulta Balor which are the two kind of big annual showcases mm. that the Paranoid Beast kind of has to offer yep. Monolith was as we mentioned at the top of the show a huge success big numbers out and really just kind of a big moment for the development of the genre in the city in the present day maybe talk to us a little bit I suppose about the importance of those big festivals in terms of like something to rally the troops around yeah aside from the day-to-day operations exactly yeah I mean, and that's probably what they're for i mean monolith is is, is the summer festival mm. and um it's the ritual of the evil eye is, is is the winter festival so you know we, we we've kind of got both sides I, i'm doing the ritual of the evil eye in november that's been november 2nd in the spalpeen this year and um it's actually going to be two days after Halloween, so we might even have an old Halloween batch. You, you know, so yeah, it'll be yeah, just just something a bit darker and a bit different, and um, more local Irish. I mean, my original I- idea with the the ritual was to have it all Irish, and uh, but this year we have a couple of guests coming over from. We have a Welsh band called Woven Man, and Ohms are coming over as well. Class, so. Ohms were fantastic the last time over at the Urban Jungle. Yeah, I didn't see them there. No, I've oh. only I only came across them recently, and um, so good. Anything I've seen of them, they look fantastic, and everybody has been saying that they're a brilliant live band. Yeah, so yeah, I'm delighted that, that it just so happened that they were in Ireland at the time, like you know. Whereas Woven Man were like I, I that's uh, featuring Leroy Davies. Leroy Davies is from a band from the early 90s called Acrimony oh Timmy Light Room Room yes yes when, you know just an uh, it's an a- absolute classic song a rock album and yeah. so I've been in touch with him for years like on, online and stuff you know and uh, because I used to be posting up Acrimony tunes yeah. and, and the pages and stuff like that and when I heard his new band there was and man I was thinking oh, that's, that's excellent stuff it's, it's kind of it's got that Acrimony thing mixed with Corrosion of conformity or something, just yeah. with a southern tinge to it as well. So I asked them would they be interested in coming over, and they were delighted. So excellent, we're going to finally meet him anyway after all these years. And it's great that you're bringing bands of that importance to the development of a subgenre over. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing, I, I first saw 
or Heart of Acrimony in 04 when they reissued Tumuli Shumarum to sign oh, really? the back yeah. of Metal Hammer yeah, as yeah, a kid yeah, going yeah. Uh, wow this is first of all a band called Acrimony class I'm delighted you know Acrimony because yeah. you know there, there's still a lot of people out there having a clue who this band are like, you're, it's mad what know? sticks with you from when you're reading the Metal Mags as a kid yeah. Yeah. You know, friends of mine would have gone for the cover features. I was always going for, like, the capsule record reviews and picking yeah, up things because yeah, that yeah. was always what I loved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the future of the Paranoid Beast and what lies ahead. But first, we're going to go back to some more tunes. A pair of recordings also taken from the Paranoid Pit monthly gig at Fred Zeppelin's. And coming up first, we have the Magna Pina with Cowboy Disco. I love the Magna Pina. I, I, I think the Magna Pina should be huge. <laughs> I think they're in just, that faith no more. Yeah, well, you know, when they're, they're an entertaining indie rock band, really. Like, do you know what I mean? They throw in kind of stoner riffs, and there could be anything in there. They just mix it all up. But the main thing about their live shows is they're fun. Yeah, and they, they play with the audience, and you know, and they get the audience chanting and. Like I, I've been, we've put on a, a good few Magna Pina gigs now, and. To be honest with you, I just cannot understand why people aren't flocking to see this band. They're one of the best bands in Cork, there's no doubt about it. Now they're starting, they're getting a little thing going in the crane lane now, so I'm hoping that that will lift them into the next uh, level, like, you know. Especially um, if they can get in front of like the m- more casual music audience that the crane lane offers. Yeah, exactly, because they did play in there recently and they really got the crowd going. There was a small crowd in there because it was, I think it was a Wednesday night or something like that, or maybe... Thursday or something but uh, yeah they, they really got the crowd that were there going and it was great to see you know that mm. other people that have never seen them before just go for it like you know um, no, brilliant band so this this one is yeah Cowboy Disco from that live recording that we have from uh, Live at the Paranoid Pit we also have God Alone with Feeling on Tick which is also uh, to my knowledge unreleased as of yet as of yet, I think, yeah, yeah, that was from, that was actually from the very first Live at the Paranoid Pit with God Lawn played in, was it January? January, I think? Yeah. And they were, wow, oh my God, they blew the whole place apart, like. Even last yeah. Friday at the Roundy. Oh my God. <sighs> that, that, that even hit another level again, which I, I, I didn't think was possible with that band, like. I like um, the narrative surrounding that band, anytime I've been talking about them in the media, has been, imagine how good these guys are going to be. If mm. they're this good now, how are they going to be when they're in their 20s? And I like, just love their experimentation. Like, they're you know fearless. I mean? Yeah. Fearless. Yeah. And you're talking about Spotify and the impact of, you know, kids not knowing what an album is to yeah. listen to front to back. But without that openness of a library... Would the lads have been able to get to as much access I get you, legally yeah. Yeah, or semi-legally yeah, yeah. Um, to as much stuff that influenced them and opened up that songwriting process yeah, yeah. to you're them? Pro- you're probably bang on there. Yeah, Certainly, yeah. we wouldn't have when we were 19 years of age. No, 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 no. Yeah, we probably would have went off on certain genres and trying yeah. to discover them, whereas they can get it all immediately, like yeah. through their phone. <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? So, and you can really tell, but. But it's not only that, it's their talent as well. I mean, I mean, their their whole show, the physical side to their show, do you know what I mean? The, yeah. And the visual side for the for the audience, like, they're fantastic. Let's, and let's face it. Like, and they're nice dudes as well. They're great and ultimately, dudes, yeah. that's yeah, it. Yeah, great young fellas, yeah. And such good friends. And that's ultimately kind of what makes a band yeah. magic. Is and they're so tight, themselves. aren't they? Do you know what I mean? But that's just like the relentless drive of, yeah, of, yeah, of yeah, youth yeah, yeah. to get that done. What I love, like, I, I've been to a good few God Long gigs now, and... Uh, I love seeing people that haven't seen them and just seen the jaws drop. Yeah. Just going, what in God's name is this like, do you know? Or even when they pull something out of the hat like last Friday and you know yeah, you've seen them a bunch yeah, of times. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was 
again. Where they were action, they, they, they were putting electronic beats and everything in behind it. It was yeah. fantastic. It was absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah, I think they moved to an even higher level. And I hope, I hope good things happen to this band because they deserve it. Like They're one of those bands that I think are capable of kind of transcending the idea that a lot of people have about Absolutely. metal and redefining the conversation Absolutely. about the genre. But we'll hear from God alone momentarily. First, this is the Magnapina with Cowboy Disco here on Red on Red. I gotta keep my fucking shirt off. Let the right. worship start now. It's for you, Paolo. Let the worship start now. This is a song for Paolo and Son, who's always a fucking gentleman. We love you, Paolo. You're the legend. Thank you. Thank you. This is for you. Good imagine.
Thank you. Thanks very much. That was a good laugh. Strikes me, pulls me to the pillow and follows me. 
God Alone with Feeling On Tick recorded live at the Paranoid Pit happening monthly at Fred Zeppelin's this is Red On Red Cork's new music podcast and before we wrap up for the week Mark Morrissey of the Paranoid Beast the Paranoid Pit Monolith Festival uh, Ritual of the Evil Eye you know we've spoken a lot about kind of what people would like to see from Cork Metal in the future yeah. maybe talk to us a little bit about the future for Paranoid Beast in general and I suppose just kind of how you see things working out for metal in Cork as as, as things progress for the city yeah well I mean we've some upcoming gigs there now over the next few months we, we, the rest of the year was really booked out really like um, one of my main ones is is, is the next my, my next main one that I, I'd say would, is coming up is uh Saturday, October 19th in the Spalpine Fanuc, and that's the Mighty Slomatics. So we're going to get it. Yes. Um, Slomatics haven't played in, in Cork since 2013. Um, they actually haven't Bradley's. played. That was in Bradley's, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I wasn't at that gig, but I heard it was uh, fantastic. Slomatics, I'd, I'd be a big fan of Slomatics, and it, I've been trying to get them down for the last year, really, to be honest, and um, eventually a, a spot popped up and, and they got in, in touch with me so um, yeah we were able to put it on for them anyway and uh, it's actually their only Southern Irish gig of the year as well so they have a new album out mm. Canyons and Black Ball Records and um, so anyone who wants to see a top top band uh, in Cork over the next few months should come along to Slomatics I mean Slomatics have played at Desert Fest they've played at Road Burn they played at Psycho Las Vegas. Do you know, they, this, they're a huge band worldwide in this scene. Yeah. Um, maybe not a lot of Irish people know that, but they're actually from Belfast. Yeah. And um, Well, there's always been an awareness of it there. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, they play a lot. They don't play a lot in Ireland, put it that way. Do you yeah. know, they, they play a lot in Europe and around the world, but they don't tend to play a lot of uh, gigs in, in Ireland. It's like therapy, keeping the powder dry. Yeah, so it's great. It's great that they, they, they got in touch with us and wanted to come down and play in Cork, you know, so they, they can see as well that there's a bit of a scene kicking off down here and we're delighted. And I mean, support and tonight we have uh, Wild Rocket from Dublin who are just an absolute fantastic band. like And a headliner in and of themselves. Absolutely, headliner of themselves, like, and, uh, you know, pure spacey rock stuff. So that's, that, that's the kind of idea we're going to go for tonight. We, you know, we'll make it a nice uh, visual side to it as well and... <laughs> And then, of course, we have uh, our own uh, Carosa and, uh, and and Grey Stag as well, and another fantastic uh, band from Dublin that uh, I personally love, and, and they're really tight live as well. So that's a great lineup, and that's October 19th in the Spalpine. Um, October 25th, then, we ha- I, I actually have a band called uh, Sabata coming over from London. Um, they are described themselves as grunge soul, uh, quite quite psychedelic-y sounding, a, a bit different to what I normally put on, but um, the reason I'm kind of going with them for that weekend is it's a jazz festival, yeah. and we have a Friday night in Fred's, so I said, you know what, let's try and get something a bit different, and uh, so yeah, they're coming over, and um, that'll be an interesting one, that's going to be a kind of grungy night, because I have two Cork grunge bands playing the same night which is uh, 
Subdose and uh, they're a young band. Subdose. Um, Interesting to see younger lads take up the grunge yeah, mantle, yeah, considering yeah, yeah, like yeah. how in the mainstream it kind of resides in the dad rock pantheon now, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, and gr- grunge is great. Like I love grunge. You oh, know I, gr- I grew up on it about yeah. ten years late, but I was more into grunge than I was into new metal as a kid. Oh, it's new metal. That was one genre I never went into. So well, I was young enough to be the target yeah, of it. Yeah, so. you would have been right in the middle of it. Like mm. um, Slacker Symphony or the other band. It's uh, James out of the Magna Pinna. Yeah, uh, this is his other uh, project. Um, they just sent me on a release there recently, and I thought it was excellent. So I think the three of those bands are going to be an interesting one for for the jazz festival. You know, so that's the jazz at Fred Zeppelin's. That's at, at Fred Zeppelin's, and then November second. So we have a busy month. <laughs> so yeah. with these three bands, is is the big one is the Ritual of the Evil Eye in in uh, the Spalpeen as well. As I said, we'll probably make it an old Halloween event, and uh, you know we have. Um, Ten Ton Slugger headline in it, yeah, uh, which I'm delighted about because uh, I actually tried to get them last year to headline the first one, and um, I, I just love that band, and I, I think this is the time to come out and see Ten Ton Slug because they're, you know, they're heading for bigger things like you know they're rocking every festival they go to, and I mean mm. rocking it like you're talking like forty thousand people and they're blowing them away, you know, and this is the kind of band they're a fantastic live act. Uh, we have uh, Ohms as we previously spoke about and Woven Man that we previously spoke about um, The Crawling uh, Oh the Belfast Yeah yeah, fantastic band as well we have Brigantia Spirit Merchant and um, who am I missing am I missing someone Astronaut Ooh, Ooh I haven't heard that name in a while Yes and like Astronaut again another band that I was trying to get for ages and I'm sure they just stopped doing stuff for a while you know? I haven't heard them in years I, last I saw of them was playing The Siege and I want to say 2014-15 Yeah 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 so I, I, I actually listening to their stuff they're perfect now for me you know what mm. I mean so uh, yeah so that's going to be a great lineup, and we have um, Cursed Monk are going to do a kind of Invocation of Balor to start off the festival, so that'll Class. be interesting. I can't so. wait for the venue to be hit with a gigantic laser from the sky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, and and hopefully people will come out and support it, like they did last year. You know, and they, and I, I think anyone that was at it last year realised, you know, that this quality. It's a quality event with quality music, and you know, mostly Irish. It this was supposed it. to be all Irish, but going forward, we'll probably have a few guests every year. You know. Where can people find the Paranoid Beast online or on social media? Yeah, we have uh, we have two pages. Um, we have Paranoid Beast Promotions page. Um, that's basically just for anything to do with what the promotions are coming up. Then we have the community page. And they're both is, Facebook groups? They're both Facebook groups. We haven't got a website up yet. Okay. Um, probably will have in the near future, if if we need one really. To be honest. I suppose we probably would to, to sell stuff and stuff like that. But... Uh, yeah, the the Paranoid Beast is the other one, uh, Disciples of Irish Metal, and, and that's basically just a community page, and that's, you know, you could be posting up stuff from worldwide, but mostly anything that's to do with the Irish scene, you know, and uh, yeah, so just join up, get in touch there, and you'll, you'll, you'll get every event that's coming up, they're all going through those pages, you know. And you've Twitter and Instagram and the whole job? We have Instagram. I actually haven't really got up to speed with that one yet, but uh, I'll start doing that a bit more. Uh, Go on where your people are, man. 
Huh? Going where your people are and getting yeah, face feedback yeah, from Instagram, stories. Yeah, Instagram, definitely. Twitter, I don't. I don't actually have anything to do with it. I don't even have a Twitter account, I don't think. Ask the Prattle on that's about it. They'll, yeah, they're, it's, they're, it's they're not something that I've ever used, you know. Like, Facebook was always the kind of one that I was used to. Um, but you're seeing that level off now because it's been it, about 10 years. That is leveling off, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is leveling off. So, and I, I think Instagram is kind of picking up a bit, like, isn't it? Because it's sharp quick fucking bursts of it like, you but know this I mean? is it you see it's learning how to alter your storytelling man yeah. going where your people are absolutely yeah. so we got to figure out even more of that and, yeah. and, and grow it as we're going like, and, and we're hoping you know people will help us you know sharing posts and all that kind of stuff as well but, um, well, it's the modern-day equivalent of flyering, really. If you it can is, post like the is, A3 thing, it's perfect for phone screen, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, phone screen aspect radio. So, like, like I, I was doing that at the start when I was doing the gigs. I was getting up posters done up and it's sticking them around town, and I wasn't really seeing any benefit from it. You know what I mean? So more heartbreak than anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So I, I think I might start doing a mix of the two now because I, I went away from the posters and I went just into Facebook advertising yeah. and stuff. And I'm going to try and do a mix of the two now just to see well, how that's going to pan out. My my big trick for directly uh, engaging people for Facebook, and it got annoying very quickly, mm. so I kind of stopped after a couple of months, was just posting the, the A3 JPEG as a picture in Facebook and then tagging everybody involved yeah. to turn up in their news feeds and people who knew them's news yes. feeds and blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, 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 and it was yeah, effective yeah. for a while. It was one of those things where you just go to the well one too many times. Before we wrap it up, do you have any more shout-outs, plugs, curses, etc.? No, not really. Just shout out to to Khan and and Tomas and and Pavel and all that for for the helping us with the paranoia and Paul, of course, who's doing the filming that we're going to see shortly, and um, yeah, just all the team basically that that work with us, the girls to help on the door, uh, Diane and Anya, and you know, and uh, yeah, yeah, so thanks <laughs> and going forward, like uh, we've loads coming up and just come out and support your local accent. On that note, that's all for this week's episode of Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast from Red FM and RedExtra.ie. Thanks very much to Mark Morrissey from Paranoid Beast for joining us this episode. Thanks for having me, Mike. Much appreciated by much appreciated. And your time is much appreciated for coming on the podcast Cheers. as well. And thank you very much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please take the time to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, as well as other podcasting platforms. Each subscription, each rate, each share on social media helps us grow and helps us spread the gospel of weird music in Cork City a little bit further. And make sure to check out the artists featured online or at an upcoming gig. And if you'd like more Irish tunes, please be sure to listen in to Green on Red on Sunday nights with Alan O'Donovan for the best of all that is Irish on Cork's Red FM, 104 to 106. Moss, you're leaving us with another slice of Carosa oh, to yeah. finish off the show. This was brand new and recorded at the Paranoid Pit in Fred Zeppelin's earlier this year it's also taken from the new album Chalice Burner available on Paranoid Beast Records at the end of this month this is the Plutonian Drug yeah and uh, don't forget the, the album launch they'll be playing Chalice Burner in its entirety and the night uh, so it's going to be a very special event for all of us so hopefully you'll come out and support that August 31st at Fred Zeppelin's in support of Elder Druid with the last Vinci also attending tickets available on the door what's the door tax? 7 euro class get in and get in support Irish metal but before any of that take a listen to what you can expect on August 31st in Fred Zeppelin's this is Corosa with the Plutonian drug and this has been Red on Red and we'll talk to you next week Once again, fucking give it up for Tomas. First fucking leave on earth. Uh, also, cheers to Richie for having, uh, having us on his podcast last week. The Metal Cell.
Gelanı.
Thanks very much, Ed. Red on Red.